Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kitzrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. As we continue our team previews, we now are going to Atlanta, where the players play. We're going to the South. We're going to the ATL. I'm really excited for this episode for a team in transition. Tim Dandy here with a really fun guest. We have Mr. Whoa, sorry, here. My phone is always messing up on me, as I told you. Sorry. This is Mr. Zachary Rogers from Soaring Down South of the Fan Sided Network. Zach has been gracious enough to come on and talk some Hawks ball with us. Zach, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be fun. So before we get into everything, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the Hawks, you know, your fan, your, your fandom there, and, um, you know, the social media world, what else you work on and stuff like that. Okay, well... I actually started sports writing probably in 2017. Uh, it's been a long passion of mine, but I was a little bit nervous to take take the leap. Uh, 2017, I started writing with the sports junkies, and then this year, after writing a year's worth of writing, I got um, the gig with Fansided to write for the Hawks, uh, and now I'm here. I write for NBA Analysis, and I am a diehard Vikings fan. Um, of course, I'm from Washington. I'm from Montgomery County, so that's close to the Washington D.C. area. So, although I'm a Pistons fan, I do love basketball in general. But I'm excited to cover the Hawks. It's one of the first teams that I got to cover uh, independently. You're a Pistons fan covering the Hawks, huh? I know, right? Pretty I, crazy, right? That's awesome, though. Uh, so, before we do kind of talk about everything else, like we said, this is 48 minutes brought to you by the 48 Minutes Network where you can check all of our episodes out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Alexa, and Spotify. So we're all over the place there, so you can check out all of our team previews we've done so far, as we're now about two-thirds to the league. Um, so with that being said, Zachary, we'll get right into it. Obviously, this is a transitional time for the Atlanta Hawks, coming from being in the playoffs every year, basically being the Memphis Grizzlies of the East, to now kind of rebuilding and kind of going in a different direction. Last year was kind of the start of that. You saw some young guys coming up like John Collins. Uh, this year, obviously, everyone talks about the Luka Doncic trade when the Hawks take him, but Traders draft rights to get Trey Young. So Vince Carter's in town now. He's playing for the Hawks. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the Hawks offseason, everything that's happened so far? I actually, a lot of people, a lot of Hawks fans, they're kind of down on the moves. But I've actually enjoyed the Hawks throughout the draft, if you think about it. I love the Kevin Herter, or Herter mm-hmm. pickup. I love Omari Spellman and Trey Young. I would have, for me, I thought that they could have <coughs> stuck. They could have stuck with Donick, Donchick, mm-hmm. um, because he's bigger, stronger, and then I think he's a complete package. Everybody yes. kind of harped about how he was from over. He was an overseas player, but I think he clearly has it. Uh, the one thing I guess I can say about Trey Young is that he'll help Atlanta with their box office. I mean, of course, he'll be a prolific scorer, but I would have stuck with. The original plan. Um, I love Kevin. I'm a big fan of Kevin. I think when you look at the Hawks roster, they're trying to 
the general manager and Travis Link, who used to be the assistant general manager for Golden State. I think he's trying to replicate that same blueprint in Atlanta, and it's kind of starting to pan out if you think about it. Trey Young is six foot two. Steph Curry is six foot three. So you have an inch off. Kevin Herter is the same height as Clay Thompson. He has some of the same skill sets. Uh, his defensive abilities aren't the same as Clay, but they're starting to build that. They have John Collins, who's kind of that hybrid four guard. They have Dwayne Dedman, who could be a trading piece, uh, but he could also help. And I love Terry on Prince. Uh, he kind of reminds me of yeah. Terry on Prince. No pun intended, but I love his game. Uh, he's a two-way forward, and I think he's only going to get better. And I love the sign, or excuse me, the trade of Jeremy Lin. Uh, he was hurt the last season, but I think he can help mentor and groom Trey Young. I don't think Trey Young is necessarily ready to start, but I'm liking what the Hawks are doing in the offseason. It's just going to people have to realize that it is a rebuilding process, and it's not going to happen overnight. Right, absolutely. It's going to be a long time frame. This will be a long time frame here, and it looks like that they're kind of committing to the long run, uh, like you mentioned. And I think that's good, especially, you know, you look at the East right now, and there's a lot of teams that are kind of in that middle gray area of close to being able to be good enough to make the playoffs, still rebuilding. You know, I'm a Bulls fan, so I know, like, I don't think they're ready to be there yet, but, you know, if all things go well, they might be the eighth seed this year, and... You know, the Hawks are another team that potentially have, you know, maybe not in that playoff run there, but they're a team that's really putting their future together. And like you mentioned, not just Trey Young, but Amari Spellman's an awesome pick for them. John Horder's a good pick. John Collins from last year, who I loved, actually having in my Dynasty Fantasy Basketball League. was a nice late-round steal for me. Um, I like Dwayne Dedman. You know, so, I, you know, I, I don't really think that's a bad spot there. He's still on the Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. So, really, I mean, I, I like the pieces they're putting together, but I, uh, you know, obviously I, it's it's on the term of the long term. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that the Hawks are positioning or putting themselves in the right position, they have a lot of trade pieces. Uh, Kent Bazemore, I don't expect him to be in Atlanta past Christmas, if I'm being honest. It's just his contract is a little bit lengthy or it's a little bit more expensive than what teams are really willing to put up. However, I think he would be a great piece to a contending team that's probably a piece and a half away. Uh, You also look at, I know I just raved about the Jeremy Lin trade. However, he's in the last year of his deal. If he gets hot, they could decide to trade him at any moment. You have uh, Alex Lin and Miles Plumlee who may get you some second picks or second round picks in the near future. I think Atlanta, they're in a position where they can trade and they're they're in a position where they can continue to grow their core together because they have solidified a a core. It's just like you were saying, it's it's whether or not they are willing to wait. Yeah, and you kind of got to think, I think they will be. I think, obviously, um, it's going to be tough kind of accepting that they're not a playoff team, I I know, for the second year in a row, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But... Honestly, it, it, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's putting together their version of the Warriors, the, the baby Warriors, per se. Um, I agree with you. I don't see a case where Kent Bazemore is still on the team in the future. Um, you know, come a certain part of the year, I think he'll be moved. Um, but, you know, they do have a lot of young guys to be excited about. We didn't even talk about Tyler Dorsey, uh, who's a guy that I like a lot, actually. Um, you mentioned Miles Plumley. Alex Len is there now, which is, is crazy to me. I cannot imagine a situation where I ever think Alex Len would be on the Atlanta Hawks, but... When you know, there he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of looking at everything here, 
you know, what's interesting about the Hawks is that um, it's obviously a new tra- transition. Now that Budenholzer's gone and all the, uh, you know, the new coach comes in, how do you expect that to really affect this move forward with the rebuild? I, I'm a huge fan, although one, although it pained me to see the Sixers do excruciatingly well last season. A lot of my mother's side of the family is from Philadelphia, so I heard nothing about the, All I heard was Eagles, Philadelphia. <laughs> Thankfully, the Phillies cooled off a little bit. Uh, but I love Lloyd Pierce. Uh, he's a Philadelphia guy from under Brett Brown's tutelage. I think he's a player's coach. Uh, one story that stuck out to me prior to drafting Trey Young, uh, part of Trey Young's workout was to go up against Lloyd Pierce, and Lloyd Pierce defended him from, I want to say, full court. And I think he's a player's coach. That stood out to me. I think Lloyd is going to do a good job of making himself an extension through whoever who's the point guard on the court. And I think Atlanta will really be able to embrace defense. Uh, not that they not that they didn't under Mike Budenhauser, but I just think that with Lloyd Pierce, they're going to have an identity of spreading the ball, uh, shooting a high percentage in three points. If you look at how the roster is being constructed, it's they're going to be able to shoot a efficient percentage from three points. They're going to be able to play def- defense, and then they're going to run on break. Uh, now, whether or not we see that right off the bat, that's to be determined. I just hope that Lloyd Pierce isn't another Mark Jackson. Puts the team together, and then right before they get to the uh, the next round in the playoffs, whether it's the Eastern Conference Finals or the Semi-Conference Finals, they make a coaching adjustment. But I think he will be good because he's a player's first coach. Yeah, I think that Lloyd Pierce was definitely the right move for that team as well. Um, otherwise, you know, this rebuild obviously is going to be interesting in a lot of cases, but where, where do you think, you know, we talked about it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. How long is a while before we start seeing Atlanta fans really kind of kind of lose their shit and kind of want more? <laughs> um, I would say now this is probably a bold prediction of mine. I don't Ooh, think the- it will be <laughs> I don't think it will be long. LeBron James leaving the East and DeMar DeRozan leaving the East and then the possibility of Kawhi Leonard not committing yet, or, you know, we still have to wait for that, I think that gives the Hawks an ability to squeeze into the AC. Maybe not this year, but next year. Uh, one story that I wrote this fall, or excuse me, this summer, was that John Collins was going to be the best player on the Atlanta Hawks. I really love John Collins. I agree with that, actually. He has a high motor. Uh, he can kind of give you that stretch four, stretch five. He's still working on his three-point percentage, but he's taking the shots. Uh, I think he's not gonna. I think he's gonna get better along the way. And then whoever's at the point guard position or whatever the shooting guard, they're gonna run a lot of high pick and rolls with him. And whether or not teams pick up on him or they leave the open shooter out open, if the team if the Hawks are able to make those wide open three pointers or corner threes, it's gonna be hard for teams to defend them. I don't think we're going to see a long, long playoff drought from the Hawks. I think they'll make the playoffs in the 2019-20 season. Ooh, so that is a very solid bold prediction that they're going to put things together. I don't know if you've listed our shows or not, but we always do bold predictions at, the, at some point in the episode. <laughs> so we've already got that covered. Thanks, thanks, Zachary. I appreciate that, man. No we can talk about the rest of the show now. Let's let's talk about Trey Young. Uh, we've we've hit on it a little bit. Um, obviously, this is the talk of the Hawks. 
Um, obviously, I still believe my theory that Quavo made this happen after his tweet a few weeks before the draft. Um, that Quavo really wanted Trey Young, and all of a sudden it happened. Weird. I don't know. Coincidence? I think not. Um, Summer League was not good for him. He had a lot of stretches there where the, sh- the shots weren't falling. Uh, I'm a big college basketball guy. That last half of that at Oklahoma was really rough. Um, and you know, obviously they lose in the tournament, they get bounced in the first round. This isn't a dig on Trey Young by any means, but there are questions and concerns about what if his shot's not falling. Obviously he's a great passer. He's an awesome passer. Um, defense is not so hot there on that end. And he signed with Adidas, man. Like, why, why are you going to sign with Adidas? <laughs> like, we can't have this Adidas basketball thing take over. This just can't happen. Um, but what, what are your expectations? Because you say he's not ready to start. There's a reason Jeremy Lin is there to kind of ment- mentor him and prepare him. But what, what do you expect to see from him this year? Because I'm kind of looking at, too, on my end as a Bulls fan, I'm looking at it almost as the, the, the guard version of Wendell Carter, Robin Lopez, where I feel like Robin Lopez will be there for a little bit, and then eventually he's going to get moved so they, they can kind of open the open the spot for Wendell Carter. Yeah, I could definitely see Wendell Carter taking over. He has a high motor. Uh, for Trey Young, my expectations, it's going to sound a bit harsh, but don't do too much. Trey Young, like you mentioned in the summer league, he did struggle. I think he realized that defenses, although in the NBA, you know, the past few years we criticized that no defense happens until the playoffs. However, I think Trey Young got a taste of how quick defenses close on him and how quick or, or how teams step up on the pick and roll and they don't leave him open and how physical it can be. I think when they when the Hawks traded Dennis Schroeder at first, I thought Trey Young was just, they were going to just start him right away. But then they made the, I mean, but then of course they traded for Jeremy Lin and then Dennis Schroeder didn't get traded until after. But I don't think, I think Trey Young could possibly see the six-man position or the six-man role. And I think he'll be efficient, but I don't think he'll have a, a blowout season. I think he'll do better than Lonzo did in L.A. last year. He doesn't have Ooh. an overbearing dad. Um, <laughs> That's true. Shoulder. So I think he'll be fine. Okay, so you mentioned Dennis Schroeder, and that, that was actually going to be my next question. Obviously, a kind of you saw this as a writing on the wall. He did an interview, like I think a month or two after the season, where he said he was naming specific teams that he could see himself playing for. Obviously, one of them was not Oklahoma City, but I love the fit he has there. Um, so, what do you think about? Moving on from him because he got that huge contract. It seemed like that was kind of the guy they were trying to build to be the one guy of their future, and things just didn't work out. I think Schroeder has a lot of talent. Uh, there's a lot of things he does well, but I think that you know, it seemed like at some point maybe he just got tired of losing. Maybe he just wasn't a good fit anymore with the transitions the team was making. But it just it kind of felt like it hit that point where one of a, one of them's got to go. Definitely, and if you think about it. Dennis Schroeder got the job the same way he the same way Teague lost it. Teague was kind of phasing out with the Hawks, and then they put in Schroeder because he was a younger, aggressive point guard. But then also at that time, the Hawks had a better lineup of shooters at that time. So Schroeder's lack of shooting or inefficiency didn't get exposed. And I think him having to go through a rebuilding process kind of exposed him, and then his attitude didn't really help as well either but I think he'll do good in Oklahoma City but I think for Atlanta they got rid of a huge contract and then that trade getting Schroeder 
or sending Schroeder to the Oklahoma City, that that returned the contract of Carmelo Anthony, which is going to hurt this season. But after his contract's off the books, they're going to have some cap space to work with next summer. How, how will you remember Carmelo's era in Atlanta? How will you remember the great career that Carmelo had with the Hawks? <laughs> I remember he got a jersey for doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, how will we ever forget that when he was not greeted at the airport and there was not a press conference where he had his jersey up? <laughs> I mean, what a great time. Right. Can you imagine if the NFL like worked like this? If it was like, that'd be awesome. Like the Giants trade Sterling Shepard's contract, and like the Jets wave them just to make cap space. I I think I think we need that. I agree. Yeah. Um. So you know, talk about a couple guys that come in, just kind of seeing their role. Just curious your thoughts on. We've mentioned the rookies, obviously the Kevin Hoarders, Amari Spellmans, um, Trey Youngs, Justin Anderson, the guy they got from Philly. I, I like Justin Anderson. He, you know, you talk about high motor guys. He kind of fits that to a T almost. So, what what do you expect to see from him? How does he fit into this team? And also, uh, a guy like Alex Poitras, who been back and forth between uh, Fort Wayne and Indiana. He's a Kentucky kid, so why I live like an hour north of UK. So we I know all about how much people here love Alex Poitras. So he's obviously my Kentucky fans friends wanted to know if he has any chance of making the Hawks this year. Hmm. Make, ooh. I could see that. Um, one thing that the NBA is starting to do, or teams in the NBA are starting to do, they're starting to really utilize their two-way contracts. Yeah. So I think throughout the season, whether it's injury or whether it's just tempering with lineups, I think Pierce is going to pull on or try at least every person on the roster. Not to say that everybody's going to get significant time, but he's going to have lineups where he's just experimenting for the first half of the season, if not the second. Because the reality is he's going to embrace – He's he's coached under with Philadelphia for multiple years, so trusting the process is definitely going to is something that's going to be transferable to Atlanta. So right. Alex could definitely get some play time, and then to go back to the other name that you mentioned, excuse me, the other name that you mentioned, Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson. I love Justin Anderson. Where Same. he went, where he went wrong was arguing with Dwayne Wade. I mean, even though they <laughs> sent them home. But Justin Anderson, I love his game, and he's probably one of the very few players that still play defense. He just has to develop his offensive game. Or not even that. Uh, with Justin Anderson, it's kind of the same knock I'll have on Ben Simmons. Although, of course, Ben Simmons has a higher standard attached to his name. But just take the shot. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So... So, Zachary, talking about other players on the team, like we've kind of just been going through this roster. Uh, because, honestly, it's a tough team to talk about when you don't know anything about them. I'm sure you are familiar and understand that. Um, let's talk about Alex Len, and I'm curious about this piece because I, I really, really liked Dwayne Dedman when he left San Antonio. Uh, we talked about him earlier in the show. So, what does the Dedman-Len situation look like? Is Dedman the starter? Is Len the starter? Are they going to split minutes? What, what do you, how do you see that plan panning out? As of right now, I see Dwayne Dedman as the solidified starter for the Hawks. However, I believe Alex Lynn could see a mass amount of minutes, if not take over the starting role. I wouldn't probably say that until probably late. You'd probably see that late in December, early January. Uh, the one thing is Dwayne Dedman shot a higher three-point percentage, and one thing that Atlanta's going to want to do going into the season is be able to shoot the three and 
from all positions and then play small ball. So if Dwayne Dedman can stick out, I mean, they're both front seven-footers, but if Dwayne Dedman can hang on to that high three-point percentage or mid-level, he would probably see more playing time at start. Okay, okay, yeah, so I, I was curious about that. I liked Ledin Phoenix. I know he kind of gets a bad rap, but um, I thought he was the right guy. So you talk about your bold prediction was that the Hawks will be in the 2019-2020 playoffs. What pieces did the Atlanta Hawks sign to make this happen? Ooh, we have so many free agents coming this summer. Yes. I don't necessarily think that Atlanta is going to sign a big-name free agent. However, I do think that they are going to move some pieces to acquire a piece, a mid-level, kind of mid-level star piece. Uh, If I had to put my money on it, Oh, I don't know. I don't see them signing anybody huge. I just see them squeaking into the playoffs because of the depleted East, honestly. Uh, oh, I would have to really look at that free agent list. I don't see anybody off the top of my head that's going to say I want to go to Atlanta right off the bat. Right. Yeah, I think that they'll be kind of in the market for some people for sure. Um, so one of the cool things, one of the things we talk about a lot is the different uniforms, different things there that the teams do. What is it going to take for the Hawks to bring back the bird jersey from the late 90s? Like that Steve Smith really ugly bird across the chest? We need that back. <laughs> I think that's going to take a playoff run or a playoff appearance to bring those back. <laughs> or a really desperate night this season. Yeah, probably. I mean, the Hornets are doing it this year. The Magic are bringing, some, bringing theirs back. Which, I mean, the Hornets and Magic ones could be their permanent jerseys and no one's going to be upset. Those jerseys are dope. Not at all. I would not be upset. I would be happy with it. So, here's one question I kind of have for you that I want to kind of get up before we get out of here. Um, obviously, due to a, some trade implications, uh, Kyle, the Kyle Korver trade, there is a pick up for grabs right now with the Cleveland Cavaliers about where the Cavaliers finish in terms of the Hawks or the Cavaliers get that pick. Mm-hmm. How big of Cavalier or not big of Cavalier fans are Hawks fans right now? Ooh. You would definitely, I would say that you would definitely want to be, you would not want to be a Cavaliers fan right now. You would want them to get pummeled. Um, but I think Atlanta fans have nothing to worry about. Uh, I think the departure of LeBron James is going to hurt a lot of people or uh, hurt the franchise more than you think. Um, I love Kevin Love. I would love to see him have a breakout year and kind of get back into the Minnesota Timberwolf form, but I don't know. Once you play under a certain role or you get used to a certain, you know, Kevin Love was the third wheel probably for the last three years, four years. Yeah. So, I don't, it's not going to be something where you could just flip flip the uh, flip the light switch and then turn back to being a, dominate, a dominating force, but I don't know if he stays healthy with all the grind and tear or wear and tear while being the main option yeah I, I think you're right um i do like sexton there i think that he'll be pretty good mm-hmm. but it's like i talked about when we did our Cavs preview is sometimes you know sometimes jerry smith might win them a game and there's gonna be three or four nights on top of that that he loses them games so mm-hmm. i just i don't see it man um well zachary this has been awesome i've had a lot of fun talking to the hawks with you and kind of getting educated on them Especially from a Pistons fan, I'm sure we have a guy on our, on our team 
we have a guy on our team that's from Detroit, so he's a huge Pistons fan. Awesome. Um, so before we get you out of here, um, go ahead and give a shout out to Organ where we can get you find you on the social media and you're also your writing and uh, everything you do, man. Thank you. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zachary Z A C K E R Y Rogers R O G E R S thirteen. Again, that's for both Twitter and Instagram, and I am a general analyst for NBA analysis, where I cover all teams, and then I am a Hawks analyst writer for Soaring Down South for Fansitis. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, keep us posted wherever you go. If you end up covering the Pistons, we'll definitely have you on for that show as well. Thank you so much for having me, guys. All right, this has been 48 Minutes, where you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Alexa, and Spotify. Everyone, have a good night. All right, have a good night.